Hey, what's going on, guys? On this episode of Drugs and Stuff, Dave and I are going to tackle your listener questions as we always do. How much Masteron do you need to not need an AI like Remedex? Is there such a thing as Ghost Gyno? Why do people deny being on steroids? Can you use the same cycle over and over and over and still get results? Thoughts on Trestalone, aka Ment. Does Sustanon need to be injected every other day? Anavar and D-Ball only. All of this and a bunch more. If you enjoy the show today, then do me a favor and leave us a comment. You guys are crazy on the comments on this show, and I appreciate it. Uh, likes, all that stuff. Helps to get other people to see the programming. And hey, guys, if you're new here, then let me encourage you to hit the subscribe button and hit the bell. We've got several podcasts coming out each week featuring a lot of bodybuilding information, education, and entertainment, uh, all by IPB pros and top minds and coaches in our industry that are here to help you get better faster and stay safe in the process doing the sport that we love. All right, guys, let's get to Dave. People like you. People like you, Dave. I know it's hard to... I know it's hard to understand when you've spent your whole life um, in, you know, like personal exile from society, being a giant muscular freak that people couldn't understand. They lit torches and chased you out of the city, but now they love you. (laughs) I'll give you that one. That was good. Thank you. (laughs) All right, let's get this thing started. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. All of our programming is brought to you by by you, the people at Patreon. Thank you, guys. As a matter of fact, I want to give a shout out to Seth, Cornelius, Isaiah, and Michael for helping to support the show through Patreon. We're also brought to you by Eval. If you're in the UK, go get your lab work done by Dave. Uh, Eval Blood analysis.com and of course check out our sponsor truenutrition.com use our code think for great health and performance supplements and if you're in canada get some good supplements from supplementsource.ca dave your um your your online thing pillars of strength is coming up isn't it tomorrow yeah the last last uh last entry payment thingy was yesterday uh no one took me up on it yesterday which was shit. Mm, okay. um, I think, and I think I've seven, seven or eight for the first course. So nice. I'm, I'm happy. That's all right. I'm happy with that. I nice. don't want more than ten anyway. So uh, it's it, it was the first one that's official. I, I can't grumble. Um, that's cool. You never know. By by episode three, I might only have two left. I might have all asked for the money back. <laughs> well, when you get to run uh, ready to run the next one, uh, be sure to let me know. We can make sure to, to plug it here so that people can find out about it a little bit sooner. Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff for you guys today. We've got, uh, of course, all your questions. You guys sent us a bunch of questions. Um, and, and and you also said some really nice positive things about Dave, which I, I got to warn you guys. He's not comfortable with people saying nice things about him. So you got to tread lightly with that stuff. <clears throat> I, I'm I'm not used to it. That's all. Anyway, I I want to I I want a Patreon. It sounds cool. It, it it's fun. It's great. Yeah, uh, but it's kind of like social media. You have to like actually go there and make posts and stuff too. You know? Can you handle Why? that? Why? Why? 
Because that's how it works, sure. man. It's yeah, but works. wouldn't surely people would pay money to not see my face on social media? Like they would have a Patreon specifically to like keep Dave off. Keep the Dave internet. away. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously Dave's internet's shittier than normal, which is normally shitty today. But so there's a good chance that you're not going to see him anyway. That's yeah. You know, it's a fifty-fifty. People are going to meet me and think that I should be blurred naturally. Yeah. That's my natural <laughs> pixelated state. <laughs> oh, man. All right, listen, let's jump into these questions because we literally have um, 55,000 questions that you guys commented on the last episode. Uh, and uh, I, don't, I don't even know. I'll just jump in from the top. I don't have, like, a great one to start. I don't know what we have. I just grabbed them all, Dave. In other words, you've not organized this morning. You've just turned up, rolled out of bed, crawled downstairs, put that yellow top on, made a coffee, and you're now trying to blag and bluff your way through this show that people actually support. Actually, I made breakfast and took my dog outside too. But outside of that, you're pretty much spot on. Bang on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Kinda. Okay, listen, here, here's our first question. Um, question for the next episode. How much of a difference with PCT when returning to a cruise rather than coming off completely? Uh, thanks for the great content. So I think there may be a little bit of confusion here. Okay, yeah. So... PCT stands for post-cycle therapy and is a series of drugs that is used to restart your natural production. So if you were going to cruise, you wouldn't PCT. Uh, So you would only PCT if you were coming off completely. So if you're going to a cruise, there is no PCT. You don't do anything at all. The only thing I would suggest is a period of nothing to allow elevated hormones to uh, come down. So obviously when you're on cycle, hormones are up here. Your cruise level for hormones is going to be down here. When you stop, it starts to decline in line with its half-life. However, if you go straight onto a cruise, what happens is you keep pushing it slightly back up again, and as a result, it will stay elevated for surprisingly long periods of time. I've seen it stay up there upwards of six, eight weeks. Not at full cycle dose, but higher than you'd expect. Yeah, because once you get those levels up, then each time you take that TRT shot, you're you're basically stopping it or, you know... um suspending it from coming down yeah 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 you're compounding it so i would recommend most cycles are going to require somewhere around two or three weeks of no drugs whatsoever yeah in order to allow levels to drop to volume but obviously that will be dose dependent depending on what dose you were on um and then you'd kick off your your cruise dosing um but there's no pct if you're going to cruise at all only if you're going to come off completely now i mean i have a great deal of respect for dave palumbo uh, in fact, I've learned a lot of stuff from him over the years, and I feel like he really thought outside of the box, and, and he was cool enough to share his insights with us. Uh, but I don't know if I agree with him, because he does like to have people come off completely, uh, like post-contest, post he'll have people, guys that are planning to do TRT, 
he'll have them like come off completely, do a PCT, um, do HCG in Clomid, and then from there they start their cycles again. After that, um, I, I I don't know if there's going to be any real benefit to that. Versus, I feel like if you are going to blast in cruise, keeping things stable and not ever bottoming out, you know, to like zero testosterone. And, and I don't know, man. It just seems it seems like it'd be a lot smoother to just do like what you're talking about. So, from the point of view of our hormone system, our endocrine system, uh, the area that's most vulnerable for damage through cycling is the Leydig cells. So they're the cells in your balls that are stimulated by LH, luteinizing hormone, and, and they produce hormones. So there is argument that when you go on cycle, obviously you shut down LH signaling, so there's no late, there's no luteinizing hormone stimulating the Leydig cells. So the Leydig cells reduce in size and number and they atrophy, they start to waste. Continued suppression will cause these cell numbers to decline to such a point that they cannot recover. So a period of HCG after a cycle would restore some Leydig cell integrity and would potentially elongate the length of time those Leydig cells are going to be able to stand suppression. Yeah. But if you're talking blast cruising for two, three years or upwards, I can't see there being any real world difference whatsoever. Um, one, one thing that is an option when you do your early cycles is that you do HCG throughout the cycle to, to, minimize Leydig cell shutdown and therefore minimize impact on the testicles long term. But if you're already fairly solidly shut down, it's a, it's a bit of a seesaw argument as to whether there's any benefit to throwing HCG in occasionally or doing this period. I could understand if this PCT period Dave was talking about was just HCG only mm -hmm. to just do some Leydig cell repair, but to add in Novadex and Clomid, I don't really, because hypergonadism around uh, a reduction of LH signaling is actually quite rare. You generally don't get that. It's usually the Leydig cell damage that is where the problem occurs. That makes sense. All right, listen, I'm going to move on to the next one. I'm going to shut off my messenger here. I'm getting a gazillion messages all of a sudden, Dave. I have a client that that's three really isn't it i asked a client to check in on with photos this morning and he's uh just now waking up and i asked him to text him to me um what do we got here i hear mrs meep over there how's she doing today she's pissed off why what did you do to her because it's no it's raining and um, we we are currently fostering a bulldog so oh, she ain't fucking up you got a bulldog over there not for long. It's only for a month or so. Uh, we get sorted out with a new proper permanent home. What's his name? Oh, God. So the rescue organization have this insistence that when you take a bulldog in, that they change its name. Okay. So his, 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 his name from his previous owner was Loki. Um, and they've decided to call him Craig Magar. Craig Magar? As in the martial art. Why, why would so, you do that? Why would you take him well, into a new home and then confuse him by calling him well, something different? 
the idea is that you make a break from his old life to a new life. Hmm. So he's not, I mean, he's not a rescue in the sense that he's come from a, a bad family or anything like that. He He's a rescue in the sense that they just couldn't cope. Um, he wasn't getting on with one of their other male dogs. He's eight months old. Okay. Um, so it was a case of he needed, you know. So I went and collected him on Monday. Uh, was that yesterday? Yeah, yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so uh, he's all right. He's, he's a bit lively. I, I, send me a picture later so I can add that to the show because everybody's going to want to see what what this dog looks like. Could we change okay. your name too, like for your new your new life? Well, are you going to resettle me in a new home? <laughs> no, we're just going to move on. You know. Anyway, I, we better get back to this. Dino has a well, question. You can for change us. my name. Yeah. What okay. would you call me? I don't know, guys. Comment below. What would be a good name if we change Dave's name? Uh, I would be curious to know what, what you can come up with. And that's what we shall. If you have a good one and you win, then uh, your prize is that we will now call Dave that new name for the rest of Dave's life. All right. <laughs> Dino asks us, um, I'm going to run test E 300 milligrams, mast P 300 milligrams and PP. Guess what? 300 milligrams a week uh, with 40 milligrams of T-ball. <laughs> a day is 40 milligrams of t-ball enough i want to do a cutting cycle and he's not using any ai you may need a small amount of estrogen management why is that well i <laughs> shut up cat uh, she had some thoughts on this one so um I, I think that obviously you're going to have a very low level of estrogen release from NPP. It's not going to be a massive grunt, but there's going to be some. Really? Uh, um, mast at 300 to mass prop at that as well, uh, at 300 to test E300, um, is not going to be enough, I don't think, to suppress the estrogen completely. Okay. I would suspect you'd need... Probably 500 mast if you wanted to manage the estrogen completely from the master on. Okay. And so I would possibly look at a very low dose AI, something like maybe 12.5 megaromacin twice a week. Okay. Yeah, and that's not much. He could always test no, his just, you know, blood too after a yeah, I mean, series. Yeah, test, test, test his levels at five weeks, but. Um, I would, I would suspect he may need just a little bit of a tad more estrogen management. Regards to T-ball, no, it's fine. 40 milligrams is plenty. Yeah, that's a good dose. I don't see a problem with that. Yeah. What would be the least amount of T-ball you think would be a good, you know, impactful dose worth investing in? Depending on what you were doing. So if you were um, like a, a field athlete, so you were discus shot, but that sort of athlete. No, we're talking then, bodybuilding, man. Yeah, I know. Just let me... I would have said you'd get away with doses as low as literally 10, 20 milligrams a day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but for muscle mass, I would have thought 30, upwards 30, 40 is where I'd be looking. Uh, but then I wouldn't really look at going much over 50, 60 anyway. No, you think 60 is like high end yeah, for T-ball? I, I would say it's high end. I just think it's a nice dose. And I think you start getting into issues with appetite, issues with liver stress, not hugely, but things that are going to start to offset the benefits 
when you start going above that. Okay. Michelle says, uh, Gandalf. And as you know, I did not say that. Not me. Please don't take my carbs away. Also, Hagrid. You look like a Hagrid. You look just like a Hagrid. So, Michelle's fella um, is convinced, keeps saying that I, he tells everybody that I played Hagrid in Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) That's a good, good man. I like him. All right. Can, can Primo Bolin uh, and I read this backwards. Can Bolin on and Primo uh, be combined in order to save money from using larger doses of Primo in a test Primo cycle. Would there be any benefits in using EQ and Primo together with test apart from making it easier on your wallet? Thanks guys. Love the show. EQ is not similar to Primo. No. In in any way, shape or form. Uh, if you want to say something that EQ is similar to in the way the drug acts in the body, I'd have said it's probably closer in effect to DECA. Not not, not particularly structurally, but in effect, it, it's closest to DECA. Like growing muscle and... Yeah. 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 Uh, so it, you're not... If you wanted something as a cheaper alternative to Primo, I'd look at Mastron. That's what I was thinking too. I, I like mm. Masteron long acting, like the Masteron NF8. And I see price wise, I'm thinking it's oftentimes cheaper than Primo. You can get it at 200 milligrams per milliliter. You can find Primo at that dose too, but a lot of it is less. A lot of it's like 100. So you could, you know, you can get a lot more mast than you can. Primo. That's my jam for sure. Also, I feel like you're more likely, I'm confident I'm more likely going to get real master on. Yes. No, I don't know which like over there in the UK at the moment because Primo is so fucking popular. Yeah. And I mean, every second fucking cycle you you see someone's on Primo. No kidding. Um, it, it's generally at the moment that the quality of the Primo that's out there is pretty decent. Okay. How are they dosing yeah, it over there? I think it's about 200 on the earth. Okay. And and how much are guys taking on average? Anything from four to a gram. Gram of Primo. It's a lot of Primo, man. You got to be, you got to be doing real good for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Financially. <laughs> yeah. But you got to remember gear is cheaper over here than it is over there as well. Yeah. What are, what are we, we're talking hypothetically here, guys, bottle of test E or sip. Ballpark. 25 to 30 tops. Okay. Yeah, that's like our international pricing. You can get it 25, 30 international with all the, you know, risks of international and the cost. There's always going to be like a big shipping fee too versus I would say 50 here on average for, but I've seen it for a lot more. I've seen guys that are international sources selling stuff for that 25, 30, maybe 40 price range overseas and then when they deliver domestically that same vial is like 80 yeah yeah um let's see here sucks sucks to be you 
Okay, how about this one? Gyno question. He says, um, for the next episode, very unusual question, I think. How unlikely is it to develop gyno without any prior nipple sensitivity itch burn in the area? Did you ever see that in a client or acquaintance? I ran 350, then 500, now 600 milligrams of test uh, X week. Time, times a week, you plum. Oh, 600 milligrams times a week? I don't understand that. With e, 600 milligrams a week, right? Yes. Okay. With E2 sitting at 200, 250, and beyond. That's my question. Uh, I must say I'm feeling amazing at those E2 levels, but wouldn't touch them at all. Just concerned of a possible ghost gyno. So, so it was it was previously gyno in a previous life and now he's died and come back as something else yeah um, you. sorry i couldn't resist that i know um, it's true could be you could so the mildest way of managing the potential risk of gyno without having zero impact on the estrogen in your body would be dht cream localized rubbed into the nipple Moving on from that, you'd be looking at Novodexatamoxifen. However, that will potentially have impact on how you feel on the estrogen because it's also going to block certain estrogen receptors within the brain. So some people do not get on with Nova. That makes them feel like dog shit. Um, and that's because of how sensitive they are to estrogen at certain brain, brain receptors. Um, I would expect you to have some sensitivity prior just from the fact that the initially the gland swells and right? it's that swelling that causes the sensitivity um so you I, I do get i mean that is high but then again i get i get where so, where he's going in the sense that you know if there isn't a problem don't fucking fix it yeah i had estrogen at 300 and i didn't even know it I went in to get labs just to kind of see where everything was. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, I was at 300. I, I mean, I from there, I was like, you know, I'm going to bring this down a little bit. But I, I wasn't feeling any issues at the nipple. Wow, your internet really cleared up. Mm. Now you've just jinxed it. Probably. Probably. Um, <clears throat> oh, Matt's with us. Mitch, Matt. Matt Blother. Yeah, yeah. He says, uh, hi, guys. Uh, American Christmas Cabbage and I are in Puerto Rico. Matt, don't be coming on here showing off because you're on holiday and I'm sat in a freezing cold fucking office down in the basement looking out the window at rain. Yeah, fuck that, dude. I know, wanker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about uh, benefits of MK677 with berberine? So... MK works with the ghrelin access. Uh, it's uh, a growth hormone secretory. Um, it's reasonably effective at increasing growth hormone levels, and it's very effective at making you fucking hungry. Um, yes. A lot of people do experience issues with elevated BG, elevated blood glucose, when they're on on MK. So 
there's now a move towards to try and offset this by running berberine with it. So that's why berberine's there, is to offset the elevator BG and keep you nice and insulin sensitive instead of the MK uh, developing a level of insulin resistance, which is why your BG goes high. So there you go. I think, um, what do you think about using uh, berberine for people on growth hormone? Because we often see when you run growth hormone higher, like, you know, above three units of good growth, uh, get some higher insulin level or blood sugar. Yeah, I, I would I would say the same there as well. I would too. Um, oh, and Matt, once again, this is on YouTube comment. This Matt, You asked about Matt's car. Uh, actually, I'm excuse me, Christmas Cabbage's car. He says it's a turbo 3.5 liter V6 350Z. How how can how can an American drive a V6? We got to have what a V8? Yeah. Huh. Well, it's a turbo, so that's doing something, right? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm still nothing beats displacement as far as I'm concerned. I know it's not true. I know there's turbo engines in fucking on the Civics pulling out a thousand horse and stupid shit like that. But still. All right. Stephen Chambers is with us. He says, question for the next podcast. Why do people deny being on steroids? Why don't they just be open about it and let others know what they're that they're on it? Oh, come on, this is a uh, this is a deep psychological one. Isn't it? Um, several things: uh, social stigma, general populist opinion. I mean, yeah, you know, within the user communities uh, and, and probably even the broader sort of fitness world to an extent, or, or at least the bodybuilding, powerlifting, strongman sort of connotations of fitness. Yeah, steroid use is, is generally very well accepted. Um, yeah, within and, our communities. Uh, yeah, and I'd say to an extent understood. Maybe not particularly understood as in the complexities of how these drugs work or what they do, but understood in the achievements and where achievements lie in relation to um, you know drug use or non-drug use. Yeah. But when you get outside of that circle, people are or people's knowledge is very much media-based. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, they they genuinely believe that someone who's taking steroids is likely to, to rape their mother and steal the children and eat them and things like that and get a gun and go mad and run around and kill everybody or, or, or various. And then there's the other aspect of that steroid use is, has connotations of cheating. Yeah, yeah. So... I mean, I've never hid my usage for a very long time. I've been incredibly open about it. I'm very often to my detriment outside of these circles. Um, I remember my mother actually asking me why. Uh, she would have rather I hadn't because obviously she had friends and her friends would say, well, why is she son on TV talking about using steroids? Yeah. Uh, because all they knew about steroids was what the paper had told them, which was, uh, you know, steroid users are lunatics and and they'll die and and they'll kill people um and this has been reinforced numerous times by media outlets so people can be a little bit reluctant to disclose because they don't want the prejudice and and they don't want the prejudgment and they also don't want to have to go through all the bollocks of fucking explaining it 
And I do get that last one because I've been in numerous circumstances where because I am open, I've then had to have extremely long conversations with people about what they are, how they work, and you know, I'm not suddenly going to run around and kill everybody. I'm not going to rape the mums. I'm not going to eat them or do anything like that. Um, and and so uh, you know, it, it can just be a ball like sometimes to to be that open. Uh, there's there's a whole other argument or discussion around people that claim natty when they're not and stuff like that. And um. <sighs> I, I like to be very naive on this subject, and I know it's wrong, but I just like to think that if someone's claiming Natty, I'd like to think they are. Yeah, I, I would like to think it too. I, I you know, what I'd, I, hate, I'd hate to say someone you're not if they actually were. Yeah, because but you you know it, it it's just that yeah. I mean, I've been accused of synthol in my arms. For, for years and, and I'm not bothered you can say what you fucking want I never did but it doesn't bother me but some people can get quite upset when their you know their their hard work is dismissed as being drug oriented yeah 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 and that's the thing I think is that even people who who are open about it like you it, it does it's kind of like putting an asterisk next to your name for a lot of people like oh but he used steroids Barry Bonds, you know, great baseball player, but he used steroids, so he cheated. I think there's that in our culture. I mean, dude, the U.S. has made anabolic steroids a scheduled substance, like in the same category as crack cocaine because Mm -hmm. of baseball and because people were using it in baseball and they didn't want the kids to come up. Uh, thinking that you know they should their heroes are are using these substances that yeah will like create ulcers and they can cause health problems let's be real you know uh but oh yeah i mean it's there's there's a whole myriad of health problems can be caused by by steroid use and, and people go oh that's only abuse but that <laughs> where does abuse start and where does it end i mean that that's that's a very sliding very personal interpretation you know interpretation of what abuse really is yeah um you could technically argue that anything over a medical therapeutic dose is abuse absolutely and i think that a doctor would i think a doctor would you know very much so and you've got to think of other things as well you know i mean people go on about oh you know they always dramatize it but for a non-user not in this environment not knowing anything about this subject if you explain to them that someone is taking a drug that could permanently and will most likely permanently destroy their natural hormone production. It's pretty intense. That that is quite a major thing when you take it out of the context of just say, well, you're going to take a drug that's going to completely fuck your body's ability to do something. Yeah. You know, for a lot of people, that's that's major. I, Um, I agree. Yes, you can say, well, yeah, but people drink alcohol, but people... Yeah, people do all sorts of stupid fucking shit, but that doesn't mean, you know, the 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 two completely separate conversations. You know, you can't justify your choices by what other people do. You can only justify your choices by what you do. Yeah, um, and it's it is a personal choice. I I don't see the only time I see wrong as such is when you take gear in a competition when you're not supposed to agreed 
Agreed. Um, because you are then cheating. But if you take steroids because you want to look good, because you, you you know you want to get leaner or you want to get bigger or for whatever reason you do, that's down to you. You're not harming anyone else. Yeah. You know, I, I will add before we move on, I don't want to stay too long on this, but uh, I do want to add that I've seen, it's interesting because I've seen both sides of, uh, I, I'll say I've gone from being a complete outsider uh, 15 years ago to students <coughs> into competitive bodybuilding to, you know, having gotten to know some of the guys that are stepping on the Olympia stage and have had, you know, many private conversations with these people and what's really interesting is the guys who are the best are usually the guys that use the least they need the least mm -hmm. because they have the best genetics and it's interesting because I, on more than one occasion i've seen people not believe them like people mm -hmm. just flat out they say hey i used uh, under a gram to get to the Olympia or to a, you know, their competitive that where they've created a physique that's amazing and people just don't want to buy it. So that, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stigma around even having the conversation of admitting you use gear versus not admitting versus telling how much you use. Cause I always like every time we do a show and somebody says something that, that the audience doesn't believe there's always going to be at least one guy who's like, this guy's completely full of bullshit. You know, I used to respect this particular athlete and now I don't anymore because he's lying because there's no way he's only using 600 milligrams of test and, you know, 50 trend. The, the, it's impossible. The, you know, the, the problem is we judge other people's achievements on our capabilities. Yeah, you nailed uh, it. Dude. Uh, you nailed it. Uh, and that's the problem. And, and sometimes that our lack of capability is because we're fucking fat lazy cunts uh, and, and other times our lack of capability is because we just aren't genetically gifted yeah you know i mean i, I literally have worked with bodybuilders who with the worst diet in the world and the shittiest form and they still grow yeah and then I've worked with guys that nail every inch of it and they're fighting for every single ounce and pound they get. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and sometimes nature just, you know, didn't do you a good hand when it comes to growing muscle, but you, you've, you've got other skills in other areas. So it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, and those steroids do go some way to leveling the playing field at a, at an amateur level. When you start getting into pro degree, that's when the genetics stand up. Because Absolutely. no amount of drugs is going to offset good genetics at that point. Yep, I totally agree. All right, let's move on. What else do we got here? Oh, man, don't tell me. Nope, I didn't lose my spot. Here's the next one. Uh, let's see. Tor says, a question for the next podcast. Is there anything wrong with repeating the same cycle over and over, assuming you really uh, you like it really well. Let's say you want to spend four years on nothing but getting big and strong and only on test deca oxys for four years. I assume that my receptors get tired of the same compounds uh, over and over is a myth. Yes, it is a myth. Yeah. Simple as that. I use the same effective cycle and drugs for a decade. Yeah, you don't need to change stuff. That said, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I think there are factors here, right, Dave? Like, 
if you are, say like you never took gear, you're 200 pounds, you run uh, several cycles, you get up to 250 pounds, and let's say it's really difficult for you to gain muscle beyond that, there could be a point where taking more would make sense, you know? Yes, no, without doubt. There's also, you can do, on the flip side of that, you can do your first cycle and gain well. You can do exactly the same cycle again and still gain as well because your knowledge around training or mm. nutrition has improved. That's true. You've learned, you've learned better how your body responds to certain types of exercise. You've learned how to maximize your effort in certain ways. So, you know, there's, there's the progression and the linear progression of physique is, is diet, training, and drugs. It's not one. It's all of them. And changes and improvements and advancements in any of those areas would, in theory, net greater results, all yeah. things being equal. Agreed. Agreed. Um, we've talked about this one before. Uh, Benzo, Benzo Tag is his name. He says, love the podcast, especially Christmas Cabbage. In fact, is Christmas, Christmas Cabbage isn't with us today, I see. No, he's hiding. Oh, is he hiding from that dog? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes His sense. life is at risk currently. He's, yeah, witness protection. <laughs> Love the podcast, especially Christmas Cabbage. Uh, question for the next episode, uh, for the next podcast. Technically, two questions. What do you guys think of mint, trestolone acetate, and how would you dose it in a moderate cycle? Uh, 50 milligrams every other day? Thanks. I think he's spot on. 50 milligrams every other day would be where I'd be looking to start. Might go up to 75. I probably ain't going to do much more than that on a first a first run out with it. Yeah. I used it twice. First time I used the acetate version, and that's what I ran was 50 every other day. And this was 15 years ago or so, 10, 15 years ago. And we didn't have a lot of information about it at the time. And I used it in a contest prep, which I remember like a month out feeling like seeing fluid in my ankles and uh and we ended up using like anestrozole and letrozole like just hammering the estrogen down uh to be able to get me dry i did get like really dry i've showed you the pictures before i wonder if i could find one uh really quick from that show because i had it on social media here they are yeah like i said dude i got really freaking dry now granted i was a middleweight uh at the time uh next here's here's a shot but this was on trestolone i was able to get that dry no you didn't you're lying you were on 150 meg every other day no <laughs> way you go like that on 50 meg a day you're lying yeah i dude i got so freaking uh dried out for for that show like i was very depleted the, i used to respect you yeah <laughs> Um, I also didn't know how to pose back then either. I've got, I've got one. Check out this, uh, this side chest here. Hold on a second. Oh, please, please, people. If you compete, learn to pose. It can fucking destroy your physique if you don't know how to. I mean, that wasn't terrible. You know what I mean? But it wasn't great either. Oh, I've seen worse. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I got pretty lean and I was on, I was on Trestalone acetate i took 100 milligrams this 
a, a year, a little bit more than a year ago when I was pushing it, my really all time biggest and strongest. And dude, I got so strong on it, but it also like, I got like some, I got dark on it. Like it, it put me in a, like a dark, not a bad mood. I wasn't angry not like ragey, but I, I got stronger and I got like, just like unhappy if that makes sense. So I stopped using no. it and yeah, it took a while for that to go away. I get that. It, it's, it's a powerful drug. Um, and it, it's definitely in the, in the realms of stuff like trend that where it needs to be respected. It's not something you want to play with, you know, without giving it some respect because it, it can have massive impacts. Yeah. And that was only at a hundred milligrams per week on the long acting version. So anyway, um, does Sustanod need to be injected every other day for more stable levels? Um, he's going to do a cycle of 300 sust, 100 milligrams of NPP. Uh, so thinking I will pin one milligrams of e one milliliter of each. Oh, that's no, excuse me. It's sust 300 and NPP 100. He's going to use one milliliter of each of those Monday morning, Wednesday midday and Friday evening will be similar like every other day. Um, is there a better option than this? This is my second cycle. So I'm uh, quite new with it. First cycle was 12 weeks of test E at 500 milligrams with 50 D ball uh, on training days. Oh, and DECA 300 milligrams. So, yeah. That's a fucking... 1.2 G for a second cycle. It's a lot of gear. That is a lot of gear. A hell of a lot of gear. Well, I, I think it, it's quite high uh, for your experience in using. But, I mean, to be honest, if you're going to try and run 900 milligrams of sus, you're not going to shoot that in one shot anyway. You're going to have to split the dose up. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just a lot of gear going in at once. Um Sust is, a, is, is an odd compound in this. So Sust was originally developed for TRT uh, and basic prescribing is one mil every three weeks. And then if you do start to drop off, you can get one mil every two weeks. Um, and that stays relatively stable, to be fair. So I don't think you need to do a EOD shooting for Sus because of Sust. But I do think you'd need to break it up because of the the, the nine hundred mig you're intended on taking. Yeah, um, that is a lot of gear. So I would recommend getting some health checks. You're a big lad anyway, uh, and, and I'm not saying you can't handle that amount of gear. But I would just just you know that's you're ramping up quick. You know, where do you go from here on your third cycle, your fourth cycle? The only way is up sort of thing. So so just make sure you're on the ball when it comes to checking stuff like blood viscosity, HDL, things like that. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. That's a good good suggestion. Um, what else do we have here? Another, there's that sustenine question. Okay, so Anivar only. When running Anivar only, would a small amount of D-ball help with low estrogen at the end of the cycle? I wouldn't bother. Yeah. 
it, it's it's a lot of messing around for 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 really not much benefit. I'd run I'd run out of our only six to eight weeks, call it a day, and, and move on to something else if you're that concerned about estrogen. But um, I wouldn't start throwing in a bit of D ball and, and and just trying to bring estrogen up towards the end. I mean, depending on out of our dosing, and obviously depending on the vigil, but. Most people aren't fully suppressed after four weeks on anabar anyway. They're still going to have some natural function still occurring. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's not that I get the theory, I understand what you're trying to achieve, but it's just it's a bit of reinventing the wheel in the sense, you know, you're making it far more complex than it needs to be. It doesn't need to be that complex. Just run it six to eight weeks, stop, let things recover and go again, or, or swap to a different drug on your next cycle that you know is is gonna. If you want to run for longer, that, that aromatizes, so you don't have to concern yourself about low estrogen levels. Yeah, I, I just was thinking to myself, what about um, what about if you didn't want to run test in a cycle? Like, let's say you're going to do an oral only, uh, you know, any oral. Say you you wanted to do like Winstrel for six weeks at fifty milligrams. Wonder about like running a little bit of HCG in the background of that. Well, HCG itself will obviously aromatize. Yeah, because your compound is not going to be completely suppressive for the large portion of your cycle. You would possibly get a bit from it. Yes. Um, as to how much, I'm not sure. Is the honest answer. Uh, but definitely there's going to be an increase of estrogen with HCG. And you get I mean, a little bit of test, reason. you know, you get a little bit of test in there. You, you may do. You definitely would in the early weeks. I'm not so sure how sustainable that would be towards the back end. All right. Okay. Let's see what else we have here. Anything good we can bring into that tail end of the show. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, I said Tata's last week. All right. We had somebody who found this entertaining. Good. Um, what, uh, what are your thoughts on eight to 10 weeks of a TRT cruise between cycle if blood work is all good. I'm on prescribed Dr. TRT and growing slowly but surely long-term oriented. Uh, I heard a lot of people say time on equals time off. And then he says, it, it says Alexis. So I think feel like that's a girl's name, but this sounds like a guy's cycle. And then he says, uh, thanks again from a fellow Canadian. Dave, I've had so many people think that I'm Canadian. That's because you keep pushing Canadian stuff. It's true. And I have a Canadian wife. You do have a Canadian wife. So there's that. Uh If you're on prescribed TRT, then you need TRT. There's no, there's no option here on coming off. It, it's you need it. It's it's a medicine that you are prescribed because you are required it. So time on time off is in regards to cyclic usage for people that don't have a, have a normal natural endocrine system, functioning endocrine system, and there's. There's definitely a, a, a conversation as to whether how long would you do that for? I mean, effectively, what most research looks at is that around your six to eight cycle, you are most likely to become TRT dependent, irrespective of PCT. No kidding. Uh, the 
the argument is that if you do PCT post cycle and you monitor your recovery, then you will see the decline in testosterone levels. So every time you go into a cycle, you go into the cycle with the choice of that the risk of not recovering is there. Um, so for argument's sake, you start off, test levels are 22, you do your first cycle, you recover to 21. So you've relatively recovered well, you're not really going to be at any risk doing the next cycle of not recovering. But when you start getting down to the 15 and 14, you know then if you continue cycling that you're heading in one direction only, and that's TRT. Yeah. So you have the point then because you have the information to make a choice on whether do I continue, am I happy to go into TRT, or am I going to go, you know what, for me, lifelong drug use is not something I'm comfortable with. I'm going to stop my cycling now, and I'm going to focus on naturally trying to get my test levels as high as I can. Yeah. So doing a PCT time off gives you that option, and it is, from a harm's point of view, if done correctly, the safest route. But for most people with repetitive cycling, you are eventually going to come across needing TRT, and as a result, a lot of people go, well, why bother with all the PCTs in between and fucking about? If I'm going to need it at some point anyway, I might as well just go straight to it now. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that too. And in that time off versus, you know, time on equals time equals time off plus PCT, that, that all has to do with, like you said, it's for guys that do come off and are trying to recover. But, you know, realistically... If you were to go back to your TRT, so you did a 16-week cycle, and then after eight weeks of TRT, all your blood markers look good. I don't have a problem with you going back on. No, I would. I would. I mean, I would still run your TRT for a similar. As I, yeah, I'd probably go a little bit longer off the back of of, of a 16-week, but I would have said eight to 12. Yeah, I wouldn't have an issue with. So if you did 12 weeks, yeah. to eight. And I guess it depends on the cycle, too. You know, I'm thinking if it was like yeah, a the, moderate, yeah. you know. I mean, that's the other thing as well. By TRT in between cycles, you will generally be in a position to get back on sooner. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> I would add, too, that if you're a young guy watching this show, let's say you're 18 to early, early 20s, and you're contemplating going on cycle, that if you can recover at that age, I would suggest it. Because who knows? I feel like... When you're in your early 20s, guys, I'm going to promise you that your mindset will be different and your desires in life will be different 10, 15 years later. And who knows, man, you might want to get jacked right now, but in five years, your life might be completely different. You might want kids and a family and have no care about bodybuilding whatsoever. I just think it would be a shame if somebody became TRT dependent just because they thought that it would be the best for their gains at 21. And then, then the same guy doesn't care about that stuff five years later. I've seen that a lot. I've seen a lot of guys, uh, late teens, early twenties, go on. Don't want to come off scared of losing gains, whatever motivation there is there. They do three, four years and then life changes, uh, be it family relationship, work, job, whatever it is, but life changes and they're yeah. no longer interested and it's like, right, I want to come off now. And and obviously their PCT is generally unsuccessful. Yeah, They don't recover. And then they're like, oh, I've got to be on TRT for life. Shit, I didn't want this. Yes. Um, and so 
you know, the more options you leave open for yourself, the, the more choices you have later on in their life. I get it. It's a ball ache. PCT is a pain in the arse. PCT is not fucking pleasant. Well, it is quite literally, isn't it? We don't say but, that in the I mean, US. I like that phrase. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, I get it. It's not the most pleasant of experiences. Yeah, you're going to feel like fucking shitty for a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, but when you speak to someone who's just been told that, sorry, mate, that's it, you're TRT dependent, and in your particular case, your fertility's taken a huge hit. So you may struggle to have kids now. And they're Possibly. having to go through yeah. IVF, they're going through fertility problem. They then suddenly, it's like, shit, I wish I had PCT. I wish I'd put up with those couple of weeks of feeling like crap. So I had more choices at this point. But it is what it is, you know, so... I'm not saying for one instance that Blast Cruise is, is wrong. It's just different. Uh, and it, it's down to you. But you will have to face the consequences of this, those decisions later on. So just be prepared for that. All right. We've got a, we'll, we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, we've got one more good question here. We actually had like uh, 4,595 questions left. So we couldn't get to all of them, guys. Uh, if you want to take part in the next show, then definitely comment with your question. If we didn't get to your question, then feel free to comment it again. Uh, it, it's nothing personal. Um, it's just that Dave doesn't like you personally, uh, and he, but he doesn't like anybody. Right, Dave? So, so Scott goes through the show and says, I don't like his name, don't like his avatar. He's a wanker. I'm not doing him. Fuck them. <laughs> This is what he does. So I have to spend half an hour before we go on air with Scott just going through and thinning everybody out for whatever reason you can think of. Okay, Ashburn has a question. He says, um, here we go again. Been missing Dave. Because we didn't Jesus have a- Christ, you need help. <laughs> Shout out the rest of the Anabolic Cabbage crew. Question for next time. In Dave's opinion, and yours also, Scott, uh, what's the best oral for the lowest sides but maximum potential gains? And what other two best injectables to pair with the oral? Someone who's estrogen sensitive. Also, the pizza part. Uh, he liked that. Uh, also, when Dave says nat 50s. He likes the way you he likes the way you say certain words like nat say nat fifties. Let me hear that. I don't know how it's I don't I don't say nat. I say nap N A P short for a Napalon. Oh yeah, Napalon. Which which was a brand name of oxymethylone. They were called Nap fifties, Napalon fifties. Nap. Nap fifties. But you've got to be an old fart to remember that. So I, mean, I Yeah. I, I, I cannot, if you said to me, name a cycle that you have every faith in is going to make somebody or is going to really be positive in growth. Test, Decker, boxes. Boom. A nap, 50s. Done. Yeah, you, you could get some side uh, effects with that I, cycle I too. You, know, you could do, but I'd run my test at 300 mig. I'd run my DECA at, say, if someone's relatively experienced with cycles, 900 mig. And I'd throw from six to 12 weeks, I'd throw 50 mig of oxy in pre-workout. There you go. Job done. Fuck off. You know, he mentioned uh, us talking about pizza last week. That was about, I remember what that was, because I said that Dave will bring a pizza to your house when you do labs with eval. 
Mm. And if he's not there in 30 minutes, the pizza's free or the, the labs are free. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. Building a cycle, it's kind of like building a pizza in that the the let's say like the oral because he's trying to base this around what's the best oral that oral is like, are you going to get like cheesy crust? It's like one little tiny detail, you know, are you going to get uh, pepperonis or whatever? It's like it, it's really about that it has very little. That's a small detail of the overall pizza. So I feel like so, your, your pizza is going to be your main compounds. Those main compounds, in your case, would be the test and the DECA. Then Anadrol is just kind of like, that's like the, you know, that's like the, the pepperonis, the, the bonus. The, 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 the thing is with orals, there are a few orals that are harsh as fuck. Halo is one that springs to mind very, very quickly. Yeah. But most orals from a point of physical stress are, are pretty similar. Hmm. You have a few little uniqueness ones, so like Winstrol, because of its impact on progesterone and therefore its impact on joints, uh, is a little bit of a, a separate in, in some of its side effects because it's really probably the only oil that's going to give you joint pain. Um, oxys can tend to be a little bit harsh on, on appetite um, yeah. because of where, how they work with blood thickening. Um, so, but from an actual liver stress, you'll see pretty much the same impacts from, from all the orals. But here's my point though, Dave, is I, I don't base a cycle around the oral. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's no, no, not, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I do get what you're saying. That's um, not like the, which that's what he's trying to do. He was like, what's the best oral? And then what are the, you know, and by the way, what other two compounds should I run with that? It's like, focus on the injectables. The oral isn't there to do the heavy lifting. It's the, you know, icing on the cake or the, you know, the pepperonis on top. The, the thing is, when you build a cycle, you have drugs. <clears throat> so you have to, first of all, look at what the drugs do. What are their effects? And then you have to balance that with your personal sensitivities and your personal risk-taking and your personal health markers. So for argument's sake, I'm, 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 I'm considering doing a cycle with Trent. But I, I'm on antidepressants. I suffer with severe anxiety as it is. I've got a little bit of social anxiety. You know, I've got some issues going on there. So the la trend's a very powerful compound. There's no denying trend is an effective muscle builder. Yeah. But for that in that individual, trend is probably the worst drug you could consider using because of its impacts on anxiety and paranoia. And that side of things. So it, it straight away, that's chopped off the list. For the same point of view, you could say to someone, well, I'm incredibly estrogen sensitive. Okay, so if we're going to use an aromatizing compound, we need to use one in low dose. We also need to use one that's predictable. So test, very predictable estrogen conversion, very easy to manage. What we wouldn't be looking for that person was something like men. There you go. Yeah, right, right now. Because on. it... it it's really hard to manage from an Eastern point of view. It's very unpredictable. It, it, it really does create some insane numbers. You know, so it's things like that you, that you've got to consider. Um, you know, well, I, I'm, I'm 55. I still compete in the seniors. But, you know, obviously I've got some aches and joints and pains and problems. 
Right, well, we're not shipping Winstrel in with you, mate. We no. may do a baseline of test and decker, or we may just run a low dose of decker in there for some, some support throughout. But when we come to an oral, we're probably going to look at T-Ball or, or, or Anova. We're not going to be looking. And, and you're not going to be a heavy compound lifter because you've got joint issues. So we're not going to be looking at oxys because we don't need the power. So you've got to look at, learn what the drugs do. Uh, and that's all aspects. And don't think of, well, you can call them side effects, you can call them what you want. But the, the point is a drug has certain effects. And those effects include aromatizing to estrogen. They include engaging with a progesterone receptor. They include all these. These are all effects of the drug. Some of those effects are particularly wanted. Some of them are. When you learn what the effects are and you learn how the drug acts, then you can pick whether the drug, drug is suitable for your goal, what you're trying to achieve, but also if it's suitable for you as an individual in where you are. So if I'm dealing with a fat fuck, I'm not going to put him on a very wet cycle. I'm not going to use lots of aromatizing estrogen compounds because chances are his estrogen is already high. Plus his high level of body fat is going to convert things to a high level of estrogen anyway because the higher your body fat is, the higher your rate of conversion is going to be. So I'm going to move more towards DHTs. Because straight away, I'm going to have a problem in estrogen with that individual because they're fat. Higher levels of body fat, you convert estrogen at a higher rate. Yeah. That's, that's biology. That's just doesn't, that's not changeable. So I'm going to move more towards DHT for him. There you go. Yeah. I've got an individual with poor appetite, so I'm probably not going to go anywhere near any fucking orals at all because I'm concerned that his appetite's going to get suppressed from those orals. I'm also probably going to be a little bit wary of EQ, depending on where he is on, on his blood viscosity. If he's, if he's mm. at the lower end, and he, then I'll think, well, EQ is probably going to help his appetite. But if he's already in the, the 160 hemo, then I'm not going near EQ because it's probably going to hurt his appetite more than it already is being hurt. Yeah. So again, it, you know, it, you you pick your tools for the job. That's a, something that Broderick likes to say a lot, but it is a really good line. You, you you pick the tool for the job. You know, you don't try hammering a nail in with a spanner. Well, I do, but that's why I don't do very well with DIY. Um, <laughs> that, but that all starts by learning the actions of the compounds, uh, and then once you've got that under your belt, you can you can do your pick and mix to suit what your taste is. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, you don't have any more time for more questions as much as I would love to get more questions in. Uh, Dave, what it, what does what the life of Dave look like today? Like it's four, three o'clock or something there now in the afternoon. Four. Uh, I've got to ring. Uh, oh, it's three o'clock, actually. So I've got an hour before I have to ring someone to a console. Um, I've, I'm way behind with clients today. So I've got quite a few clients I need to catch up with. Uh, and then I've got to review a research proposal. Um, and then I've got to booking the video slot for the course starting Ooh, tomorrow night. Nice. Did you get your cardio done today? I did. However, I did have to finish a few minutes early. Oh, did you, did you uh, take some time to play with your new puppy? No. Okay. Make sure you make some time for your dog, Dave. The uh, dogs need love, oh, too. My, 
You see a new dog. dog. They've got a new I'm dog. I'm, oh. It's not my dog. I'm just babysitting for a couple of months until it finds a new home. Hmm. All right. And make sure you guys comment below with the, you know, Dave's new name. Because we're going to try to reassociate a new name with him moving forward. Uh, you know, with his new life. And we're going to add some positivity to it. Uh, the new pe- the new Dave that people love. We need to we need to come up with a new name for him. Make it a good one, guys. Don't be giving me any stupid shit. Come on. And just to review, uh, my new term for the week is uh, ball ache. It's a real ball ache. It's a nice British term. I like that. Guys, go to uh, eval uh, eval blood uh, and you can get your labs done there with Dave. Uh, we did have a complaint about eval. This is from uh, STE Steve Hunter. He said, I did not get a pizza at Dave's this morning, Scott. Crying face. So it was probably just a little early, guys. The pizza oven wasn't warmed up at Dave's house yet. Uh, it, it, the know. reason is I had to go to York to do a blood test. So I had to take pizza there. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so he does his best with the pizzas, guys. You know, he's just one uh, And you you did stipulate that the pizzas are delivered to when I come to your house. I didn't go to Steve's <laughs> house. Steve came to mine. Good point. <laughs> Touche. Uh, of course, go to our great sponsors, truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK. Great health and performance supplements. Hit me up if you want to talk about uh, flavors of their protein powders or their highly brain cyclic dextrin. And if you're in Canada, go to supplementsource.ca to get yourself a good deal on some ephedrine, some pre-workout, and everything you else. You're still pushing that speed. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you have a great week. We'll see you soon. All right, my friend. Take care.